Hello and welcome to another episode of CM Conversations. I'm Lucy Smith, a specialist in the lab equipment space, and I'll be your host for today's episode. For today's conversation, I wanted to dig deep into the mind of a leader from the lab equipment space to find out more about what it takes to become a CEO. So, I reached out to Ryan Titmus, CEO of Elementar Americas, which is an innovative lab equipment company. Ryan has a really interesting background, including time spent in the military, as well as working for some of the biggest names in the lab equipment space. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ryan, and if you'd like to get involved with any future episodes of CM Conversations, get in touch using the links in the description. But that's enough from me. Here's my conversation with Ryan from Elementar Americas. First of all, I just kind of want to ask you if, if you could describe your career highlights, what, what would you say that the main things have been? You know, I think I, I found out very early that I liked um, I liked working with people and teams. So, and I really um, uh, aspired to be um, someone who they would uh, look up to in business. You know, so I, I uh, we've all had very good leaders and and some very bad ones in our careers, I'm sure. So I, I wanted to 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 kind of emulate the best characteristics that I saw and. I really enjoyed that where a lot of people shied away from standing up on stage or presenting things. Um, I really enjoyed, yeah. really enjoyed doing that. So I think that's part, a big part of my drive was to continually have people, um, let's say work, lead people in a way uh, that I thought was good. Yeah. I remember from our previous conversations, You've always said that you've enjoyed, you know, that employee development, seeing people maybe start as a rep and then go move into management and develop that way. I mean, is that is that another thing that, you know, you like about being a leader? Is that development side of things, too? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's just everything from the small uh, one on one conversations with everybody on your team and, and understanding what um, what makes them uh, tick and, and what their aspirations are. You know, mm-hmm. days many years ago, people went to work and just went to work. But now it's as as we all know, especially this year with with uh, the covid pandemic, you know, like uh, yeah. work life balance is important, um, you know, and it's it's uh, but also going to work and achieving something that's meaningful. I think, uh, you know, we have, as a leader, you have to develop that for your staff that, hey, the work you're doing is worthwhile, you know? No, certainly. And another thing that I've, that I've always kind of kept from our previous connections is you've mentioned about being a hands-on leader as well. So, you know, you just said there about having those one-to-one conversations, finding what makes people tick and You've previously mentioned about spending time out in the field with people as well, even being uh, senior leadership. Is is that, again, something that you found to be important? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. People, you know, uh, your team will, at least I found your team will, will have a, a much greater respect if you if you marched in the in the in the path that they did in the past. Right. So they they understand, you know what it means to travel. You know what it means to have rejection from a customer. Um, you know what it means to to. Um, you know, miss a flight and not be home for a birthday. And, and, and you have to be able to relate and have some empathy with uh, what they're going through. But also, you know, with that, they then have a, a more, um, let's say, uh, indebtedness to, to really um, working harder, really. Like if I have a boss who, who really cares about my day to day and really cares about 
and, and has and has done what I've done, then I'm I'm more indebted to to work harder to to show them that I I'm I, I can do a good job, you know. So um, we call it in the trenches. We say in the trenches, right? We say you, you know <laughs> you can't lead a sales rep. You know, I've seen it in, yeah. in so many companies where a, a manager's come on and has never carried a sales backpack in his life, um, has never uh, earned a commission check, but but is 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 trying to lead a team on on you know book yeah. you know literature that he might have read about it, and, and that's only part of it. So. I would agree. I mean, you mentioned there about having that relatability, but it's also about being somebody that people can aspire to be like. So, you know. Just looking back at your career, you you've developed and grown throughout different industries. Can you just tell us a little bit about your career path? Because you used to be in, in the military. Yeah, the Navy. So I, yeah, so I went, when I graduated college, part of the part of the deal was that you had to serve, um, you know, serve in the military to pay back your your um, your education. So yeah. I did that for many years, and um, but it was in parallel to working. So but it taught you a lot. It, it taught it taught me. Uh, discipline and taught taught me what processes are needed. Um, you know, even though we talk about we should be friendly and and open, and at the end of the day, a business is in business to make money. So, yeah. a part of that is to ensure that proper processes are are are, are put in place. But I I think I, I I relate more holistically to to an organization. I think now as I look back, because I didn't just come through the sales side or through the accounting yeah. side. I came through the product support side, mm -hmm. which is, you know, you're touching everybody, you're touching R&D and the customer and the sales rep and, and really coming through that application support product management type of path. Yeah. Um, I was able to not just see what I like to do, but I was also able to, to, to speak with and interact with a lot of different uh, stakeholders in an organization. I think that, that again is, is really important. And that touches back to what we just mentioned about being in tune with the whole team and recognizing that from being in that position and interacting with all of those different departments, you, you've obviously been able to see the trials and tribulations that people overcome in those different departments, what R&D might overcome or, you know, what it actually takes to, to develop a product and to then put that to market and move that forward and relate that to the end user as well. I mean, yeah. what, what would you say have been the biggest challenges that you've had individually um, in, in getting to where you are? You know, I, I think it's um, it, one of the flaws that I constantly work on is that you can't make everybody happy um, yeah. in your life, right? Mm. You can't please everyone. And, you know, I have more of that mentality where, uh, you know, again, that empathetic leadership type of role where a weakness classically of that is that, you know, you want to try to make everybody happy. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you learn you can't. There's yeah. people that just won't fit. And I think that that's always been a struggle for me is that I'd rather try and try with, it could be a structure, it could be a process, or it could be an individual. And sometimes you just have to learn when it's just not a fit yeah. um, for, for, for a variety of reasons. So I, I think that was a challenge of mine um, mm -hmm. over the years. I think a challenge also was to, to bring a, a lot of, of products and and idea ideologies and ways of doing work from let's say a European type of point of view. Okay. All the companies I've worked for have been primarily <laughs> European, <laughs> and then translating that to, you know, a U.S. Canadian marketplace where yeah. either is wrong. It's just different. So 
a lot of times it's bridging that gap of communication. And uh, I think that's something that, especially now in today's world, the one area I, I specifically focus on internally and externally is communication. It's just, it's so easy to pop on to a Zoom now or a, a team meeting or even just a text message. Yeah. How are you doing? What are we up to? That type of stuff. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that, that that's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to. And that's exactly why I wanted to have this kind of conversation anyway. It's something that I think our networks will be really interested to see. And especially in, in times like now, as you've mentioned on, in COVID, there'll be a lot of people who might be struggling and yeah. wondering you know, what, what's going to come next. But even though you're the CEO of a company, you've also had struggles throughout that journey to get there. And um, one thing that you have done in, in your career is, is you did, you've always emphasized to me in our conversations that family life's really important to you. You have your hobbies like photography as well, which I know we've spoken about. I mean, do you, th yeah. do you think that having these things in your life has played a big role as well in, in your professionalism, being able to switch off and, and develop too? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think, you know, a good leader told me once, you know, you spend how many hours at work in your life, you know, and then if you can't enjoy uh, a balance of, of being home for important events for for being there for your children or your spouse or your boyfriend or whatever it may be. Um, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. You yeah. know, work doesn't matter. It matters that you you were there um, for for your kids. And I don't want to come off like a Oh, everything is, is like, you can have a perfect work-life balance, but that was the reason I left my last job. It wasn't because, it, well, one of the reasons it was a, a great company, um, you know, good people. And I enjoyed it. Um, but at the end of the day, there was professional aspirations that I wanted to, to do, like we yeah. discussed, but there was also, you know, I was not home a lot, you know, I was on a plane back and forth. And, and to me, I made that decision that it would be better for me at this stage of my children's lives to be home more often. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people have to make that decision. And if they don't, you know, you have to work to make money. That, that's the point. And you have to work to, to grow professionally. But ultimately, at the end of the day, people have to make the better the, the better decision. And that's the decision for your yourself. Yeah, you know? of course. And I mean, just as a little bit of a side note, do you think that COVID itself has taught a lot of people that that is possible, that you can have meetings without like being on a plane every single day. Although obviously face-to-face <laughs> yeah. -face meetings are very important and, and no one can take away the benefit of those to, to businesses and to building client relationships. But what do you think that you, you'll take away from this situation? No, I think you're exactly right. I think it's shown a lot of uh, senior, let's say old school executives or, or managers that, you know, you can't have a balance between virtual and, 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 and being in front of a customer. I don't think there's going to be ever a replacement for actually shaking someone's hand, yeah. saying hello, sharing a coffee or a beer. That, that, that's something that everybody yearns for. And I think that's why you're seeing a little bit of the accelerated, you know, people are going out because it's something that as humans we miss. But you know, I think what we're seeing is that a lot of the, 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 the frivolous travel, um, getting on an airplane to have a one-day meeting, yeah. um, all of this stuff should be avoided in the future for a variety of reasons, personal health, air emissions, you know, you name yeah. it. There's a, there's a variety of things where um, the technology now, even for my sales reps, let's say efficiencies, Lucy, yeah. you, you think of it at, around the business point of view, the amount of, of travel and entertainment being spent just going to visit a potential client 
could now be augmented with, hey, let's do a Zoom live webinar, webinar or yeah. a live training with the product. We just did an installation the other day virtually. So right. it, it shows you that, and a lot of customers don't want you there. You know, you're a scientist and I've been there and I've walked the halls where the scientist is being really nice, but they don't want you there. They're doing <laughs> their research, Yeah. right? So they'd rather uh, schedule around a different time where they can talk like we are and, and yes, it's not exactly the way it was with relationship building, but yeah. people are going to have to get used to it. Is that something that you think you're going to be implementing then? Do you think that you'll take some changes on board yourself? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's changes where, I mean, I've been operating, my team has been operating, my executives, my staff, everybody has been operating virtually. Um, you know, people have been going in the office to do some experiments as well as the warehouse, but it shows you that we're able to operate very well. Yeah. Um, the thing that's missing, like we said, is that personal interaction, but we're slowly doing that in a flexible way where mm -hmm. uh, every certain amount of days people can come in together so they get that camaraderie and then we'll slowly progress into back to normal, let's say, but yeah. that normal, I don't think is going to be the, be in the office at nine o'clock. If not, you're in trouble. It's more hey, I'm virtually connected at the moment. I'm doing this. So I'm going to be here. Yeah. Um, I'd rather somebody work at home for a day rather than be stuck in three hours of traffic. Mm -hmm. It's it's not productive for me as a, as a business leader because they're not doing anything. They're stuck yeah. in traffic. Right? So. And I think that, that that again feeds back to what, what it can take to be a good leader. And it's about having that flexibility and listening to what other people, you know, is finding work to them. That I'm sure that there will be people within an organization that, don't work productively from home and want to be in the office. And there might be other people that it's the complete opposite. And it's about recognizing that not one size fits all and being able to, to, to work in that way. Um, Some people need it as a release, Lucy. I mean, you don't realize everybody who's like, you know, oh, work from home, great. I can get a lot more done in, in a lot less time. All of these types of things you hear about, it's all true. But the emotional side of things, you don't realize a lot of people who are younger live at home still, they're cooped up in an apartment maybe, yeah. um, they need to get out and work is the outlet. So as a business leaders, you have to make sure, especially HR, you have to make sure you keep yourself on the pulse of, you know, why they want to be back in the office. Definitely. And I think again, it's, it's, that, it's that listening that's really important. And one thing that you have done yourself is, is you've done an MBA. Is that something that you would recommend to anyone wanting to pursue a, a career in leadership? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it signs your your check that you're going to be a great leader getting an MBA. I mean, what it did for me was I had a very um, a background, educational background, more in science, more in the engineering, mathematics, science side of things, and I felt the MBA would give me more of a a rounded view on business, on you know, basic things like financial, reading a financial statement. Um, doing a business plan, you know, that type of stuff, which I think uh, is really good. And there's a lot of, of, of non, you know, like short courses. Like I, I went to uh, INSEAD for um, uh, building an effective sales team, which was a week and a half course, but it was great because yeah. it was an international setting, uh, people from all over the world. And you really got to use best practices from, from them as well as really good teachers. So um, yeah, it's just a part of the process, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And it's any kind of experiences like that can, can benefit and, and show people, you know, things that they might not have been aware of before. And 
when you think about some of those key interactions that you've had or some of the leadership that you've had as an example throughout your career, I mean, who would you say have been your biggest inspirations and, and why? I mean, I don't I, like as far as work goes, I mean, there's a lot of people, but ultimately at the end of the day, a lot of my writing, a lot of my reflection, a lot of the things I think about, I always go back to my uh, to my grandfather. Yeah. And why do I say that? He was a, a war hero, very humble, um, uh, Battle of the Bulge, very big uh, D-Day, all of this stuff. Right. And I, I still remember all of his stories and his, um, you know, uh, how uh, if you come into a time where you feel like complaining about life and, uh, oh, we're all we're all uh, in trouble and it's an issue. I think about his stories and what he went through yeah. and how I, God, how could I even imagine doing, uh, going through those types of things? Mm -hmm. So. Um, he's somebody I always reflect on as far as from a leadership point of view. And, and at the, I always say at the end of the day, it, it was, you know, he uh, was a loving person. Um, and I saw that because the way he took care of my grandmother, for example, I'm sure a lot of people can yeah. relate to that in their life as well. But, you know, that's who I always tend to go back on yeah. um, as far as someone that, get, that gives me, uh, that grounds me as of course. Oh, well, it definitely sounds like a, a worthy inspiration from, from that introduction that you've just given there. And I mean, this is, did you ever, just at the beginning of your career, did you always set out to be a CEO? Did you always know that this is what you wanted to do and where you were going to be? No, I, no, no. I, I wanted to be, well, growing up, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a fighter jet pilot and, and, and fly around and do things. So I, I quite didn't make that. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I found that, you know, that I really enjoyed uh, managing people and, and also just, you know, not getting into the micromanagement. That's not me at all. It's yeah. more bringing people together and saying, this is our objectives. Let's let me help remove obstacles for you. Let me help get that project done for you. And as I progressed, I found that's the next step is to is to not just lead a sales team, for example, or a product management team, but I, I've, t I've talked to enough of, of I, I've worked with enough of an organization where I felt it was time to yeah. step into that kind of role. And I'm glad I did. It's a good company and it's the right size, Lucy, where mm -hmm. I can't imagine someone stepping from, let's say, a VP of sales or director of sales directly into a, a mid to large size executive position like that, because it's 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 a big difference. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not you're not doing quoting all day or mm -hmm. you're. you're you're managing HR issues and payroll and, 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 you know, paying the office uh, rent and, you know, all of these kinds of things, but I, I'm happy I did it because it's really something I've been preparing for so, yeah. or building up to it. So. No, exactly. And I, you know, you, you've always said that you're the, you're the type of person that always welcomes a new challenge and, and developing and growing constantly. And I mean, you just listed a couple of things there, but as so far, I know that your first, year as a CEO has been a bit unprecedented, um, a, a different, but I mean, what would you say is your favorite thing about being a CEO? Um, I, I think it's, 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 uh, it's, it's being able to work with every part of the organization as a, as a group that that's, that's my part. I, I always wished in my past careers, you, you kind of, you work with only a, a, a silo of an organization, let's say, yeah. and now being like at the top of that silo, 
you really can see like, you know, hey, when I was only working in this silo, there were these issues and I always had a problem with accounting or I always had a problem with, with uh, uh, something over here. Now being in that position in this size company, I can really use those experiences to, to, help, um, to help improve things like improve processes. And, and, and thus far, that's my favorite part so far is all the great processes that can be improved. And during COVID, it forces you right now to really, really look at how you're doing work on a day to day and yeah. ultimately it will be stronger at yeah. the end of it. That's really interesting as well that, that you said that. And do you think that that stems exactly from what you were saying about the start of your career? You know, you were in a position where you were touching all parts of the organization, working with R&D, working with sales. Do you think that that, you know, the reason why you like this position so much now for those reasons could stem back to that original position? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those, it was one of those things where I had, uh, you know, I started a new job in supporting customers. I said, wow, this is really cool. And then I, um, you know, in supporting those customers, I got to interact daily with sales reps and sales managers and product managers. And, um, you know, it, it kind of showed me, Hey, I like dealing with not just a, 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 let's say a, a focused group of, of individuals, but a team. And, and ultimately what I also like about it is the interaction now I have with the headquarters. So it's, it's direct communication with ownership. Yeah. It's direct connections with and, and transparent discussions on, Hey, you guys never have done this before, but through my experience, this will help. Yeah. Very open for those changes. And I think that's a big part of, of the CEO's job. They, there's no manual on it. You know, you can't, you know, it's like about change management. It's about making people, making sure they're happy and, and, yeah. and, 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 and you know. Of course, yeah. of course. And, and, and another reason, another thing to focus on with leadership is that obviously the past is a reflection as to where you are now, but you know, your ambitions and your motivations are also important to discuss. So, I mean, what, what are your ambitions for being the CEO right now? Where, 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 why, where do you want to take this position? What, what do you want to do for the company? Yeah, I mean the the, the so the, the short term, uh, short to midterm is that the company here is is under, let's say, um, its market its market share can grow quite a bit. It's a very good very good product, great people who work here. So I would imagine I I, I envision over the next years um, an intelligent expansion of the business, yeah. um, both with staff and with products. Um, for example, in the U.S., we just added a new product portfolio. Um, around uh, uh, freeze dryers, which which attacks a, or, or penetrates another market vertical uh, of pharmaceuticals, which I'm very knowledgeable about, that yeah. can help uh, can can help Elementar here. Um, and then it's also development of the people. I think that's another big lever of of an organization that you could have all these aspirations to grow revenue and grow the bottom line, but you know I want to continue to develop the people that are here with the best practices I know, but yeah. then also recruit, recruit new, uh, new people to help on the journey, you know? Definitely. I think, and that's, that's, that's exactly why you're in the position that you're in. It's that ability to kind of see outside of the box and not see, not just see what's in front of you in terms of the short term, but to, to see the long term as well and, and how you can implement that and really affect change. And, I think that the last thing that, that I want to ask you is if, if there was one bit of advice you could give to anybody who's 
you know, in, in more of a junior position who hopes to one day be the CEO of a company, but maybe doesn't know if, if they have it in them? What, what would you say to somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, you could say any of the, the typical, like, go try harder and work the 80 hours a day. We all see those uh, uh, videos online, right? But for me, I think the biggest part is, is that I had to learn early and that I had to really um, use now is listening. Like, it sounds yeah. crazy, but we in meetings, when, even if you're a pro, uh, uh, just joining a company or you're, you're looking to make a new move, it's, it's the, the, uh, the ability to carefully listen and then respond. I think a lot of people, you know, um, don't do that very well. And it's a very challenging um, trait to, to expert to, to be an expert in. But for me, I think just really listening to yeah. the keys, the keys of your staff, um, the keys of your manager, listening to uh, the things that maybe not everybody would pick up in a normal uh, business conversation is very critical in that. Mm -hmm. and, and that and that comes from the development of your your emotional intelligence. That's yeah. just just what it comes down to. And I think that that's that's great advice to be giving someone. Is is there anything, Ryan, that I've not asked you that you know you would like to say about your career or about you know how you've got to where you are? No, I think I, I really appreciate the opportunity, and it, it's very refreshing that's to speak of it. it. You don't often get to speak, um, you know, to speak about what you've done, right? Um, yeah. So, um, but for me, I think it's. At the end of the day, it's I worked with a lot of really good people, um, yeah. and I think that's what helped, you know, helped develop me is really surrounding myself with the right individuals personally and and professionally. So it has been really great to catch up. Great, no, I appreciate it. Perfect, great, Ryan. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. That was my conversation with Ryan from Elementar. I hope you enjoyed listening. That's it from me for today. Make sure you follow Charlton Morris and subscribe to CM Conversations for more like this. I'm Lucy Smith and thanks for listening. <laughs>